Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to a very special episode of WTF, a This Country podcast. Now, I'm going to go straight into the introduction for the man who can't ride his bike up Burley Hill, would not let you go through a co-op shop, uh, shop doorway before him. He's not that humble. It's Neil. Oh, uh, hello, Pav. Hello. I am quite humble. You are. I would normally talk to you, but we have very special guests okay, here, okay. and I'm not interested in you at all. No, I'll sit quietly and know my place. Indeed you should. Right, now, for, we've been doing this podcast, Lark, for five years, and we've had some very surreal moments. We have. Um... But looking over, <laughs> I can't Is this quite, surreal? I can't quite. This is beyond surreal. This is beyond surreal. What is the fact I'm that... like Dali of surrealism <laughs> in your pod <laughs> dome. Your, your pod is quite surreal. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. That's very I nice know, for a lady to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I you, you shouldn't be looking down at this pod. Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome to The Shed and to the WTAF podcast... Jackie and Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. It's very, very nice to have you here. You put all the cheers on. Like, we do, yes. yes. Like, Wembley Stadium or cheering. Yeah, like. All that kind of body smashing. Yeah. Indeed. So how are you guys? Oh, we're, we're very humble, obviously, yeah. and even more humbled. Uh, haven't been in your shed. Squeezed. Squeezed in. Thank goodness we greased ourselves. <laughs> Indeed. We just like to call it cosy. Yeah, we're glad that you pre-greased yourself. Normally yes. we have to grease the people. I nice didn't trust you. you. <laughs> I saw there was a glint in your eye. I'm not letting you anywhere near my wife. With greasy hands. Now, the very first That's question... my job. <laughs> OK, the very first question I want to ask. Uh, when this country, that first episode, the first couple of minutes... Did you know that was going to happen? Were you watching that live or did somebody tell you about it? I'm going to answer this. <laughs> right. Um, one of our daughters, a younger daughter, um, texted me and said, oh, there's something on, about Daddy on BBC Three. And I kind of looked and... Well, it wasn't that actually at the time. I think I must have done it on iPlayer or something. And um, I was watching those first few moments and it absolutely had me because, I, you know, Lawrence would quite likely 
open the door for someone who's going into the co-op. But I, then I was thinking, what co-op? <laughs> and then when when um, when they said about him pushing his bike up the hill, I absolutely knew it wasn't true yeah. because he doesn't have a bike and certainly wouldn't be pushing it up a hill. I've got someone to push it for. And me. then <laughs> I realised that it wasn't. But there was that split second when actually, because they're so believable as mm. characters, um, you know, I I completely. I was completely had by it. Yeah. I was completely lost because I was in Australia at the time, and uh, uh, you know, several you days. Just then you weren't in Australia. Yes, I was. Then. Yeah, no, absolutely, was. It was the first uh, trip last year, um, and so I was two days ahead of you all, anyway. Right, um, right. And the first thing I knew about it was uh, Twitter, and you know, all the social. Uh, going crazy about it. And I was very confused, because when people started talking about this country, I got it confused with the 1980s film Another Country, okay. starring Rupert Everett, which was about <laughs> gay sex in boarding schools okay. in the 1930s. <laughs> so I really couldn't see what was going on at all. And it was only actually when the children then started, because uh, of course, as far as the children are concerned, I've finally made it, you know, <laughs> to be on something on Radio 3. Yeah. Um, Radio 3. <laughs> shows how old I am. Doesn't that show how old I am? Yeah. Shows how fame is left you, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. The BBC World uh, Service. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I'm on that. Um, and so, and uh, it was a very long trip uh, to Australia as well. So I, I didn't, I didn't see anything of it until I got back after about six or seven weeks and did catch up. Uh, by by which time um, you'd actually buddied up with Daisy anyway, hadn't you? She well, yeah, stalked I, you in a pub. No, no, I I bumped into her in the pub and I just said, "Oh, hi, Daisy. I'm I'm Lawrence's wife," and we just sort of clicked from then on. And um, I think I just I've always felt a bit, you know, like um, a maiden aunt um, who's sort of been there with fame, and you know, I feel a bit protective of mm. them because, you know, it's one thing setting yourself out and want to be famous. It's another thing having such a level of kind of almost notoriety land mm. like a big bird poo on your head, <laughs> you know, and in amongst all those other things in her life that are changing at the same time. Mm. And I think, you know, it, it can sometimes be like a tidal wave. And I remember when Changing Rooms first hit and it was literally... They won't remember that, darling. It was literally oh, we like... Do, um, we do, we do. That was slow. <laughs> you know, it was... Yeah, come on, boys. It was, <laughs> it was like literally like like being lifted up and kind of taken along in a, in a tidal mm, wave. Mm. And it's quite unsettling, you know, and nobody really prepares you for that. And so I kept saying to Daisy, you know, this you're going to be really famous, but, you know, you're just going to have to be careful. You're going to have to, you know, mind your your own um, your own interests in it. Because it's very easy when you're when you're starting mm. out and you have an original thing like that that you end up sort of almost not owning any part of it down mm. the line, mm. and you know because I mean you know other other comedies you know people sort of talk often about it being similar to The Office, similar to this, and about it being a format that could could go abroad. But of course, you know those when they go abroad, they've got hundreds of writers. You know this is literally. Charlie and Daisy hmm. sitting in a room squabbling. Hmm. You know, well, they're the casting the American way. version at the moment. Apparently, they're using Roseanne Barr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's not doing that much, and uh, it was kind of a natural fit, really. No, I mean, I, I, I think as well. The other thing is, you know, I've been having this crazy little business called show uh, for twenty-five years, but I, I've been famous for being me, mm. um, for being that bloke that doesn't push his bike up the hill or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think for for both Daisy and Charlie, I think it must be very difficult. I used to always feel this. Uh, with soap stars, that you are recognised for being something that you're not, mm. um, and there you are, you know, having sort of hit someone over the head with a hash with an ashtray on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday morning, everyone's hissing at you at the bus stop. Mm. Um, it, that I think must be very difficult. But of course, 
the joy with all of this is that, you know, I'm not saying that Daisy is actually her character, but there is enough of Daisy in Kerry to make the whole thing work and enough of Kerry and Daisy to make the whole thing work. But so. is, is that easier or harder? Well, like you say, that when you are out, you're still you. Mm. They can hide behind their characters a little bit, whereas everybody thinks they know you well, because yeah. they see you. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I've always felt very much that uh, uh, being recognised, being famous, is it's always been a bit of a byproduct. You know, I, mm. I've been a designer for a very long time, since the late Renaissance. I've done an <laughs> enormous amount. Uh, latterly, it's been a lot on telly. Mm. And now it's all over the world. Um, I've always felt that actually my job is, is, is talking to people about design, encouraging design, you know, helping them with design. Um, and uh, uh, so, if I'm doing, you know, it's, it, if I'm doing it on television, that's just reaching a wider audience. But no, I think it is more difficult actually if you are not famous for who you actually are. I think you you, you run the risk of um, getting sort of trapped in this shell. Um, right, right. But I, I I think you know with the the the, the pair of them. Um, as long as there's still beer in the pub, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice fun. analogy. I also think it? what's quite nice is that it is a family business for them. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, um, and um, Paul, their dad, is so involved in the whole thing, and Jill, their mum, is so sort of mumsy and supportive about them. And I think, you know, that it, because they're all doing it together, um, and because quite clearly Charlie and Daisy have had this, you know, rambustrous relationship for their whole lives... Um, you know, it feels like a normal thing for them to be doing. I think what doesn't feel normal for them is, is you know, that they're being so successful with it mm. so quick. Mm. Um, you know, and it's an awful lot to take in, and yeah. and you know, and they and so well deserved. I mean, they've been hacking away at this particular mountain for a long time. Um, you know, but then so it is a bit like it's all happened overnight, isn't it? It's a bit like a, a, a you know, someone's it's waved a, fairy a ma- tale. Did you yeah. wave a magic wand? Um, the amount of BAFTAs they've got uh, that is a lot of lamp bases in waiting really isn't it it is and we we, uh, Jill very kindly brought one of the BAFTAs to the live show stroke it I couldn't believe how heavy it was yeah I just couldn't believe how small it was and how heavy it was. Solid kryptonite. Yeah. I it's... feel really sorry for anyone that's just tuned in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're probably thinking I'm explaining and describing myself. We don't myself. know what, where we're going at all. Where we're going at all. Did you rub it in case a genie came out? I did. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about the bathroom now? Did you do the thing where you look through the one open eye? I didn't do no, that. because no. everyone wants to do that, don't they? Kind of look through the one or, open eye. Or use eye. it as a mask. Yeah, no, with exactly. a very small Phantom head. of the opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Although we did do it where I was I was handing it over to you. And, and I was made it. Yeah. You turned it into an acceptance. Yeah, the only time that's ever going to happen. So beautiful. When you first saw the first episode then, Jackie, did you end up binge-watching the show? Um, Yes, I did. Um, Well, when they first mentioned Lawrence, I was like, oh, please don't let them be horrible about him. He's so (laughs) nice. He's so nice. You know, he actually is really kind to people. And then when I met Daisy... And and we had (laughs) small children. And we had, um, you know, we had a couple of drinks together, Daisy and I. And, um, you know, we were chatting about about the fact that they'd been sort of stalking Lawrence around Tesco and that, you know, the references to him were based on on real experiences um, and, you know, that it, it wasn't actually designed to, to hurt or to, you know, offend. It was actually done with tremendous sort of affection. Mm. And so from that point, I was kind of like, you know, Ace, I've binge watched it all because I love Siren Sester. And, but, you know, the interesting thing is watching all of her shows is that actually I grew up in South East London and in those days we had one bus that went into London which finished at about half past eight at night. 
And we were as isolated as young people with as little to do unless we made it ourselves. Mm. As, like, you know, as, as any small village in, in the Cotswolds or anywhere else in the country. And I think you don't have to have grown up in the Cotswolds to have a tremendous sense of, of empathy with the characters and the frustrations and the lack of mm. opportunity that they have. Mm. And the feeling that kind of life has moved on and somehow... They've been left out of it. Mm. You know, it's passed them by. Well, I, I think the extraordinary... I've got to d- d- drop a massive name drop here because I was um, uh, doing a thing for Radio 4 this morning, so from Radio 4 to this. Yeah. See how my day <laughs> yeah. has kind of panned out. It's just going up and up. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just flying and flying through these stresses. Um, but the the, uh, the producer of the Radio 4 show, um, who uh, uh, lives in Gloucestershire, we were talking about this, and she's a fan, so, um, you know, hi, Beth. Um but she was saying the extraordinary thing is that with, with both uh, uh, Daisy and Charlie is that it's an accent, it's a voice you never hear on television. You mm. know, we live in this incredibly politically correct um, telesphere where theoretically everything needs to be very balanced and, you know, you've got to have plenty of people from the north and from the northeast and Scotland and all that kind of stuff. But you actually never really hear anybody from Gloucestershire. No, um, And it, it's, you know, she felt that's one of its huge strengths. You know, mm. it's, it's sort of Gloucestershire suddenly become the... You know the undiscovered territory. You know, um, but I mean the the the, the power of the reality is terribly clever. Um, and yes, there's a lot of sort of bathos, and it is quite sad. And you know, it's it's not. Uh, um, you know, it's it is very sort of warts and all. But the you know, you hope the warts are stuck on. Yeah. You know, yeah. you hope there's an ointment for them. Well, that's that, that, it's, it's funny you say that because I think you could say that for every character apart from Martin Mucklow. Mm. Martin Mucklow is is becoming one of the great villains. Yeah, the great villains of, of British side. TV. I know? mean, you were talking earlier about you know whether you, whether it's possible to step away from the characters that you play, and uh, I said to him after the last episode of the second series, you know, you better be careful because there'll be lynch gangs out mm. for you. Mm. You know, people will be spitting at you in the streets if they think you know they can't make that that distance between the character and of course he's so he's such a nice family guy he's mm. such a nice man you know to, that it must be absolutely brilliant fun to be playing an arch villain oh absolutely well when we introduced him on because he came to the live show on stage we were a little bit worried that he might get you know some mm. some real some crap thrown at him yeah. but everybody loved him he had, he had the biggest cheer mm. out of the lot and he live is fantastic yeah, value he is so yeah. funny yeah he was yeah he was just great wasn't he he was i, th- I think daisy needs to um uh, progress that character so it becomes a little bit more star warsy you know i think there needs to be a an evil empire at the heart <laughs> yeah. of him. you know it's not his fault poor fella you know he's no. actually part of a much much bigger evil plan well, daisy yeah. did tell he's me Sith. that's a good idea it's got to be yeah. Sith. <laughs> it's a good Sith idea. Cerny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh very good, very good. Daisy if did only we did a panto one of the, one of the kind of fantasy ideas that she and charlie had had right at the beginning was that the that Lawrence would recruit Kerry and Curtin as as um, his evil henchmen yes. <laughs> to, do, to do evil and naughty things yeah. around Sirencester. I thought really? that really was you know a, a storyline monkey because that would have been terribly funny. Mm. But you know they must have that must have been after a few pints of cider. I was trying to persuade him. We, we, uh, they came around for uh, lunch, wasn't it? And we got very very boozy. And I was trying to persuade them to do a um, a period drama version. 
Oh, oh, which I think would be, be like so funny. But actually, to have Kerry and Curtin being the aristocrats, <laughs> right? And, you know, so uh, then reverse the tables, have everybody, you know, so I could be the guy that just picks up the turnips or something, right? And you know, there they are in this kind of carriage with big wigs. It'd be a, dream, you know. a really good dream sequence. <laughs> it would. Yeah. Yeah. See, that'd be a comic relief skit, wouldn't it? It you would. That, that'd it be would. fantastic. It's, it's waiting to happen, I think. But you do realise that there is a clamour for you to be on the show because I can remember when uh, Steve Nibs from. Points mm. West put a little thing out saying we've got a massive um, announcement next mm. week, which was for the preview of Series 2. The amount of people I noticed on Twitter said, Lawrence is going to be on the show, mm. isn't he? Lawrence, it's Lawrence, it's Lawrence and Lawrence. And so many people said that that's what should happen. I'm, I'm there in spirit. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's actually testimony to the fact that I'm just not around very much. Um, and I remember with the launch of Season 2, I sent a film because I was filming in, in Malaysia at the time. Um, but uh, uh, if they can kind of work into the storyline, the fact that I would be in Australia or Malaysia, that sort of works. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm immensely uh, proud of it. And I think that the what I loved was that uh, after the BAFTAs, and again, I was away for that, um, but the, the huge... I was know, watching it live crescendo. with a lot of gin <laughs> with <laughs> three really quite disturbed dogs yeah, right. and a cat hiding under the sofa. It was like, cheers! There was a lot know. of quite ginny texting yeah, hitting me at yeah, about three was. o'clock in the morning in, in uh, uh, Coopapedia, I think I was. <laughs> oh, right. you know, I was actually living in a dugout. Well, I was being very uncivilised, but I was only on my own, so yeah. it didn't really matter. Um, but just the way that uh, everybody has got behind it. And I think mm. this is the extraordinary thing because there's, there's, it would be very easy um, uh, living in Gloucestershire to sort of be concerned about the way that, you know, this country shows a Gloucestershire that isn't all about Elizabeth Hurley and Wellingtons and, um, you know, Home House and, and Made by Bob. Mm. But actually, I think everyone has really responded to the fact that this is, this is the reality of it, mm. you know. And that, yes, you know, one of the nice things about living where we live is that Actually, we live in these communities which are fundamentally and totally mixed, and everybody gets on. Um, and so there's actually very little sort of snobbishness attached to it. And the fact that they'd achieved so much and just absolutely wiped the board mm. um, at the BAFTA. It was, was a magical was night. It was a magic. I can remember watching it on Twitter because there was a delay watching it on TV. Yes, yes, mm. it was. And yeah. I can remember every time it came out, I'd just nudge my wife and go, they just won again. Mm. They just won again. And it was mm. this. I mean, we've got no part in it at all, but no, it's that no. feeling that the whole yeah, this country think, community... That's, that's, I think we all felt that sense of victory. Yeah, but that yeah. is exactly And because, it. you know, they're so, they sort of felt like it was they were the underdog, in a way. Mm. You could tell you by know, Data's like, face when she won that second yeah. one that, that she, you know, yeah. she'd taken her shoes off because yeah. she thought one of them would be needed again for yeah. the rest yeah. of the night. It was fantastic. No, I mean, I, I, I think that it has had an incredibly galvanising effect on Siren Sister as a community mm, and wider Siren Sister as well. And I think in a, a sort of a funny sort of way, you know, my inclusion in it was a little bit of an ironic nod to that kind of lifestyle Gloucestershire. Um, and the fact that it was then so subverted with me riding a bicycle and stuff like that. It was all very, very knowing and very clever, but actually really positive. Um, and I think has really moved everything on. I don't know, have we actually started um, this country tours yet? Do we get, have well, we got coach loads coming we, from well, Burford? The day of the uh, previews at the Bingham Hall, we went to North Leach in the morning to do some filming for our Patreon Ooh, page. international. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we did, didn't we? And th they were all, uh, well, we bumped into some builders and what are you doing? What are you doing? And they said a lot of people are coming through now and, Going to see like Sue Mucklow's house <laughs> up on there, and 
We have to and start also, putting up some blue plaques. Indeed. So the, the, the day of our the day of our live show, we had some people coming from Leicester and coming from Bristol and London. Yeah. So they made a point of making it a day and going to North Leach in the morning yeah. and the afternoon, and then and then coming to the show. So somebody's got to jump on that. And yeah, we've got to talk to her about our licensing. We? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got to start licensing that Swindon frock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that was that's so got to be in Primark, hasn't it? I mean, you've got to get that in Primark. TK Maxx. Oh, yes, why not? Yeah, yeah. We've indeed. got a meeting with them on Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was actually an inspired thing to do. It wasn't it? It really was. Can you imagine a range know. of candles smell like a muck club? <laughs> I can see it happening. <laughs> it but it's all that, I mean, again, for our live show, we, we managed to get hold of 260, 270 Screwfix catalogues mm. and gave one to everybody that Which was there. Which you managed to get hold of? Well, you can't, I mean, you know, every time you sort of, you know, a, a, an empty building, you can't open the door because the Screwfix catalogue. <laughs> you'll be, catalog. you'll be I surprised. I love the way you say You'll it. be well, surprised yeah. how hard it was to get a bulk load <laughs> of um, and, then, and then wrap them. We had to wrap them all oh, up. Oh, okay, wrapping them. That so makes that, a difference. Oh, blimey. Oh, that's uh, page that's, one. That's this is like my this is my dad, right? He's gonna he's FaceTiming me. Hang on, just bear with me a sec, Dad. Yeah. Is Mum there? Yeah. Could you just get her quickly? Yeah. yeah. Mum, look. Hello, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Very good. You look. Send you... help. We've been captured. <laughs> I know. We're prisoner in this rather odd little room. Yeah. <laughs> They thought she was Princess Leia. <laughs> they might get a bit handsy later. I'm worried about it. Um, I'll ring you back a little bit later. I just wanted to make sure that you saw because she's a massive fan of yours. Well, she's only, human, <laughs> you know, she's only human. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. 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 Say bye. Yeah. Dads have always got a yeah. yeah always they're, they're bye, dad. bye, dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's going to be in such trouble as well. I can't believe you said that to him. No. I was going to have this whole thing later on saying that my mum is a massive fan of yours. Too late. But there you go. Too late. Live on air. Live, Live on, on air. air. Yeah. Live, Live on air. air. I can't remember what we were saying. Now. What were we saying? No, we just, oh, just yeah, talked about by... the success of it. And, you know, yeah. yeah. The Screwfix catalogue. Yeah. And, and the dress. So we oh, it was, wasn't it? What's, what's your favourite episode that you've seen so far? Oh, that's so difficult. Um, I th- I think the, the minor injuries probably made me laugh the most. Right, right. Um, as well as, I think, the turkey... The, the turkey, uh, the turkey dinosaurs, and the pizza, because I had that kind of a relationship with my brother, and we were that petty. You know, we oh, would right. have moved each other's food around in the oven, and it would also have been something absolutely disgusting from the pe- from the freezer as well. Right, right. You know, and I just and it just it kind of really struck a chord. My brother was the kind of brother that would play with a stapler. And stick it up my foot. He said, "What would you do if I stapled your foot?" And I'd, say, I'd say, "Well, I'd hit you," and he'd do it. You know? And you hit him. And I'd hit him. I mean, that was it's such a fabulous. He tried to kill me so thing. often in my life. You know, yeah. I mean, it's awful. So we had, you know, so those kind of moments. And when when Kerry completely, you know, over the top drama queens it with um, with her minor injury, and the. Um, the, the cockwomble. I mean, mm. it's just that because that brought so many of the characters in to the same story. You know, because sometimes you've got very individual little scenes going on with just Carrie and Curtin, or maybe one other character. But when you, you've got big bands and you've got all of that happening at the same time, um, I think those are probably my favourite. Mm. I just like the ones with me in. Yeah. <laughs> They're by far the best. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's such an honour to be the very first thing 
there of a series. You know, yeah. you're just there. Boom! It's Lawrence yeah. Lewis and Boeing. Thing right is, though, that it could have all gone horribly wrong, couldn't it? You know, it, it now we're have. celebrating it, <laughs> but you know, actually, it could have just been, you know, nosedive. But no, I mean, it was extraordinary that uh, uh, they used. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very flattering. Um, and I've had some very, very bizarre cameos in 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 my long career, from the League of Gentlemen yeah. to uh, that was weird. Oh, that was a very strange one. Uh, oh, um, uh, what's the Williams? Uh, Little Britain, right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember half of them now. Um, so actually, I always it seems to be that actually I am not dead as a personality right, that right. I am worth bringing out of the celebrity cupboard even for this new generation of comedians which makes me feel but do you, you, know, do you enjoy relevant. it you, you enjoy doing oh, those completely those and things. I think the thing you know and by all means I mean certainly I would if they got in touch did you see his touch, National Lottery ad yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of that was so inspired because that was playing entirely to Lawrence's own sense of humour. Well, the, and you know, the kind of yeah. running away from the security guard was completely ad libbed. It was right, totally right. spontaneous. <laughs> right. And I just... warned them I wasn't going to be sober, and you know, they just had to keep a camera on it. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, uh, uh, I don't know. I think, I think the thing is that the I've always been very easy about who I am and how I come across. I'm not really, you know, I, I don't care about how I'm perceived at all. I just get on and do my thing and enjoy it, enjoy mm. it enormously. Mm. She spends half her life rolling her eyes behind me saying, I can't believe oh, you said do, that. It's it like in the car, she said, pretend we're nice people who live in Sirencester. So pretend we're ordinary. I said, I said you, know, you know that you get those those um, those sort of coasters that say, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, we're just nice, ordinary people. Don't say anything silly. Don't say anything silly stuff. But I think that the um, I, I've always been very happy about being quite ironic about myself right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so if anybody else wants to join in, hey, let's have a party about it. Mm. And um, I think that that's, that's meant that I've never really had a situation where I think people have been deeply unpleasant about me. Um, you know, even even when the tabloids go for the jugular, there's always a sort of a bit of a pun in there. Yeah, um, so it's because they can get a pun in the, in the, just, in the lead. Out of Lawrence line. Llewellyn or Bowen, there's yeah, going to be yeah. something yeah. you can make a pun mm. out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, we, in a way, and this sounds, you know, so showbizy, but we're relatively used to me cropping up in odd places. You know, like, I remember the, the royal family, which we were watching just because we were watching. And then he starts slagging me off. And you just go, what? <laughs> really? Can't I just watch telly? But it was funny. It was right. very funny. Um, and so with that, it was a real sort of surprise. And I think it had sort of come from nowhere because it wasn't a big BBC thing with lots and lots of fanfare and trumpet, mm. you know. Mm. It was something that, that took, uh, that, that was a very kind of quiet um, uh, and quite culty thing. Um, and this is the thing that really, you know, delighted my daughters uh, was the fact that I was I was mentioned in something quite so culty. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> again, is that a reason why a lot of people and a lot of shows pick you? Is because they they know that you are sort of happy well, with how you are. And this is it. And they know, it they know that I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna have a problem with it. I think the other thing is that that you know, generally speaking, people know who I am. You're so, a bit of a national treasure. Really, I don't want to be a national treasure. <laughs> I don't. It's sort of <laughs> j horrible slide into being being morbidly obese. I don't, no, but, you know, I just, but I think that. Uh, 
I think you are. I think it's one of those things that if people... Not to be a naughty national treasure. Yeah, but, but yeah, like a Kenneth Williams you know, when... kind of... <laughs> that's going to... Not... Right, that's I'm off. That's going to help, isn't it? <laughs> that's not going to end well. That's, that's supposed to so be... So dying friendless in a flat in Brighton <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Right, that's really nice. I meant, I meant as in that when you say... that If you say Kenneth Williams, do people go, oh, I really... Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, I know that, what you that mean. That kind of thing. Uh, I didn't mean well, it I was, in a... I mean, actually, I was I think the feel... nice thing is that there has never been another you. You know, you were... No. First Lawrence to Wellenberg. Well, there were a couple, but I ate them. You're going to take being naughty and subversive into yeah. old age and keep Well, it's funny you should cool. say um, Kenneth Williams, because I always felt that with... Um, uh, with the original casting of Changing Rooms, uh, Sir Peter Bazalgette, as he is now, no, he's, he, he's called Baz. So when you become a Sir, he then became Spaz. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like not good, Sir yeah. Baz. But he, but Sir Baz decided to cast this makeover show um, as if it was a carry-on film. Um, right. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Handy Andy was Sid James. Right, right. it was yeah. carry-on DIY, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah And yeah, yes, yeah. I was very Kenneth Williams all the way through. You know, I was like, oh, we're going to paint it. <laughs> purple. <laughs> Don't care what you think. <laughs> and then dear little Graham Wynn that had probably shared a flat with Charles Haltry in, in Brighton when he was a child. <laughs> and then a series of sort of bubbly, you know, birds or nasty birds or, you know, it was all very mm. straightforward. Birds, mm. you can't say that. You can in a carry-on context. Alistair Campbell's daughter's horrified. Well, what am I supposed to you can't You can't say actresses no, in a carry-on context. It is, yeah. So we've got a special coming and then series three of this country. Where oh. would you like to see the characters progress to? Oh, well, I think me and the rest of the world would like Martin Muckler to get his comeuppance, but I doubt whether he will because it's such a brilliant yeah, piece yeah. of tension, isn't it? Um, um, I, you know, let's hope Kerry doesn't go down. Let's hope she um, has a reprieve. Um, when you say go down? Well, oh, to prison. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you still got your mind in the carry yeah, on. No, I've still got you? my mind in Radio <laughs> Four. That's the <laughs> <a> problem. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but I'm sure. I'm sure it will be utterly inspired and not predictable. No, I that's think, the I one think, thing um, we can count on. You know, Daisy and Charlie will be looking really hard at, at, at sort of taking it in a different direction, mm. so it's not predictable. Mm. Well, you know, I think. I mean, like I said, I want them to go through a, a, a minute fracture in the space-time warp continuum and end up in the Renaissance. With you, uh, yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I just want to see them playing a lute, uh, eating grapes, <laughs> hanging out with the Borgias. You know, I think, I think that's absolutely where they need to go with it. You know, it's, the more you say that, the more I feel it has to happen. And you can just, just see Daisy done up absolutely oh, beautifully. Absolutely. We all go, wow, yeah. you know, Daisy. You know, when Daisy wore that dress, okay, never mind the fact that it had Swindon on it, it was that colour on her with her hair done up and mm. her and her makeup. She, you know, she scrubs up that girl. She absolutely. looks absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. You know, she really did. And and um so there's there's a lot of opportunity I think with Daisy's character. Um, you know, to to sort of become more sophisticated. You know, she, Kerry doesn't always have to they don't I don't know whether they always have to stay as the ultimate underdog. Um, oh, yeah, but then the, you see that's the whole sympathy, though, isn't it? And the whole point about the British is that we absolutely love the underdog in the way that you know Baldrick was the one that everybody got really, you know, mm. got really emotional about. Mm. You know, Blackadder was always so funny because he was just so flighty and you know deeply unpleasant, but absolutely. actually took unpleasant round three hundred and sixty degrees. He was a bit of a role model. Wasn't he was a bit of a role model. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, over the years, I've had a number of Baldricks when you think about it. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Derma, Gavin, Jamie, Jury, and. Uh, um, Australia, but the, the the thing that I can't get over is the fact that um, uh, Charlie looks absolutely identical uh, to Aubrey Beardsley. 
um, which is relatively niche, but do, for goodness sake, Google Aubrey Beardsley. Okay. And it is apt, because people always used to say that Mackenzie Crook looked like Aubrey Mm. Beardsley. Right. Right. But it's like, you know, now now Charlie looks absolutely spot on. And he was this extraordinary character, you know, this this terribly, terribly decadent uh, illustrator, part of the whole kind of um, Oscar Wilde set. But, you know, his, his work absolutely rocked the world. Um, so certainly if, uh, um, if anyone's uh, uh, planning an Oscar Wilde thing, then definitely Charlie needs a cameo as Aubrey Beardsley. <laughs> Right. There you go. Going to have to have a Google of that. We will. Uh, right. You'll before... find a lot of very interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it's all it. Good. That's all it's good. It's all very you decadent. You might need a gin and tonic. You will. Have two. We'll have yes. two. Yes. I think you might need to lock your bedroom door. <laughs> right. It's that Ooh. good. Again. Again. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. Yeah. Um, before we carry on, we've got a little game we're going to play now. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Uh, we're going to play... Or... Curtain. Kerry or Curtain. Okay. okay. Now, I hate having to put husband against wife, but... Uh, what I'm going to give you is five lines of dialogue. You have to tell me whether it was Kerry or Curtin. Can we do it together? Uh, no, because you've got no, five each. Exactly. <laughs> he won't know, because he's, he's like... Oh, you never know. You've you got a 50-50 chance yeah. of getting yeah. it well, right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. who wants to go first? Oh, I think ladies oh, first. OK, are you ready? I'm ready. OK, number one. This is absolutely mint aluminium combination ladders. Uh, that's Kerry. That is. Are you keeping score? I can keep score. Can you do it in your head? I can. Well done. Tonight I can. Number two. I ain't worried about the physical nature of the job. I've done my fair share of physical stuff. I think that's Kerry too. No, that's no, Curtin. Uh, number three. I don't know why anybody bothers going to that football practice. It's a freak show. Kerry. Mm, that's Curtin oh, as well. Uh, number four. Don't you dare eat that cheese. Oh. Uh, Kerry. It was Kerry. And number five, I have got a job. I babysit people's pets. Thanks. That's Kerry. Well done. Well done. So that's three out of five. (sighs) Three. Blimey. Lawrence. Before I waste brain cells on this, yes. what do I win if I win? Um, Is it yeah, worth it? You can have a squeeze of my stress boob if you like. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose, you can have two squeezes of my stress <laughs> boob. Why is it warm? Um, yeah. yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that afterwards, yeah. yeah. Number one. Money trees don't grow on trees. You've got to buy the money tree. I'd say that's cotton. That was Kerry. Okay. Oh. Number two. I'm not asked about being fired. Gives me more time to play Warhammer. Curtain. Correct. Number three. I offered you a mini milk, not a Calippo. Curtain. Correct. Number four. (laughs) I do think I've outgrown this village now. Curtain. Correct. What's the score? Is that three? That's three. You need this one to win. (laughs) Number five. There was about 10,000 of us just vaping. (laughs) Kerry. Oh, it was curtain! Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, I broke out of my pattern as well. Yeah, so I was just doing curtain, curtain, You curtain. did. You get a squeeze each. Oh, oh. There you go. You get a That's so democratic. Each. I know. Well, you know. We like to share the You're love. You're so giving, aren't you? So giving. I know. Well, I, I don't think you really should give that. No. no. I don't like giving my stress boo back for other people to. Right, I've got a couple of my own. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
I'm not going to say anything to that because I'm really going to get funny old colour there. Has yeah. <laughs> it really gone hot? Can I tell yeah, that you fan for a Oh, Mrs. Llewellyn Bone, please. Please. <laughs> We're back on the carry-on. <laughs> but it does, when it comes from a posh lady, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It yeah. is, but kind of sort of... Kind of lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I married yeah. her. So, <laughs> you're a lucky, lucky man. Aren't I just? Um... Well, where do we go from there? <laughs> Sorry, have we broken you? I've gone all peculiar. <laughs> well, I thought we, we didn't... We disported ourselves quite well on that. We haven't done badly. I, I think mean, Bearing in mind, we're, we're, you know, we've, we've got a combined age of 110, <laughs> practically. They weren't the most easy quotes, either. They were. I think you did very well. No. And as it goes on, it's harder and harder to find quotes yeah, that are not, aren't just, yeah. ooh, hello. And <laughs> yeah. Got to get Daisy to write some more. We you. got to, yeah. yeah. She's, she's got to you know, pull I her finger out. I think just going back to your other... Your other um, uh, question about how where it should go ahead is I think it's quite fun when you get other characters coming in for an episode like the vicar son mm, yeah that was really good because that really you know showed a completely different side of curtain and so sort of caring and you know and stalwart um, and of course you know the vicar is just classic uh, he's just absolutely amazing what a performance yeah <laughs> it's in a couple of the episodes he's yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing yeah. Paul Shahidi is uh, the second series I think he's we've said before he's man of the match of the second series yeah, a couple is, of the yeah. episodes he's just fantastic yeah, in you know yeah. the whole good guys yeah. song and the nice guys yeah. and stuff he's just fantastic yeah. Yeah. um but when you said about that, when they're fishing and um, Curtin's asking about Bristol, it's such naivety that he has about the outside world. And yeah. it, that was really refreshing. Quite sad, though, to yeah. see, which is what we've said about series two. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah. Mm. So it has this humour. It, 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 it's and then it much more about the pathos of their situation, I think. Absolutely. The second series. Yeah. It, so it, to, to a certain extent, I think it's cleverer. Mm. I think they've probably, you know, had to had to kind of really work it you know, as a as a series which had other people's involvement in, because obviously when you do the first one, you know, you're kind of left to the, your own devices a mm. bit. But I think the second series, you know, you've got more money invested from the broadcaster mm. from the production company, and oh, everybody BBC, wants I'm to sure, have all over. Yeah, it, they yeah. all want to have their little sort of mm. Tuckney Halfpenny's worth. In I think there. I think the overwhelming thing is is uh, the innocence, mm. which is you know really very. That's the thing that is so incredibly touching. And funny at the same time, you know, we're laughing at the innocence, but actually, um, I think particularly at the moment, we're, we're, we're surrounded by very over-sophisticated imagery. And also, I think that um, uh, the outside world feels like quite a big, scary place these days. Mm. Uh, there's something rather lovely about just focusing on a rural village, um, but that's not country file. You know, it's well, exactly. not all about badgers and, you know, like a tea towel. Mm. Um, the reality of it is actually very engaging. Um, and uh, it's funny because, you know, actually the, this idea of the, the, the innocent abroad, the, you know, it's the whole uh, concept of the holy fool that, that, that says things, that does things that nobody dare. Uh, but actually by doing that shows, you know, a much deeper truth. And I think that's very much what, what Kelly and Curtin do together. And I think that's quite interesting. Mm. The fact that they've, they've uh, uh, sorry, Kerry, uh, they've split the, split the role like that. Mm. It's what you said earlier, uh, Jackie, about you growing up. The one thing that we thought at the start was, would this show transmit to the rest of the country? Because when you live around mm. here, everybody knows a big Mandy and a Kerry mm. and a Curtain. But you saying that same thing about the feeling of there's only one bus that goes into London mm. and mm. that London is almost, you, you, you live very close to it, but it's almost like a completely different it was world. Completely, and we used to talk about going up to London and I lived in Blackheath, which is, you know, I mean, it's... 15 minutes by train from central London. Right. But that sense of isolation, because we didn't have anything that was for us. Mm. 
you know we lived at home if you wanted to go somewhere you biked there or you walked there we i walked to school i walked everywhere mm. um when we had our first date because we were going we were going to um somewhere you know a wine bar and Lawrence was expecting me to drive. I said, "No, I'm going to have a drink." I thought she was going to say. He didn't drive. He, he, would, he, he got grumpy with me what? on our first date because I wasn't prepared. I thought to drive. you had a driver. <laughs> you know, for goodness' sake, what, I mean, what am I it? going out with? It was actually. You don't have a chauffeur. And you know that sense of kind of wanting to do exciting stuff, but there's just not being anything around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a re- really an important day was you know going going to the cinema. That yeah. was a massive event. I mean, I think it's life. an interesting point because I think that the I, I think for anyone that is absolutely in no way connected um, with here um, sees it as this sort of very innocent, Mm. almost kind of like Neverland, Mm. which actually makes it even more engaging. But I think there's so much there that is, you know, it's, it's about every single community, but I think this is, this is what Beth from Radio 4, I think was, was absolutely right about uh, today was that you just don't hear it with a Gloucestershire accent. No. Um, You know, we're used to these kind of um, community, um, gentle, light comedies with, you know, a Geordie accent or with a Scottish accent. They're, they're or, quite often you know, sort of urban. Yeah, or urban, urban realism context, rather you know, than... Absolutely, or, but, but this know, is something that Northern just farm. does feel as if it's an area that nobody's really explored before because actually here, the Cotswolds, you know, it is all about the fudge and the tea towels. Mm. You know, you mm. never really get... Uh, a, a sense that there is something proper and real and 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 you know deep underneath that, and I think that that's that's what Dozy's done so so cleverly is bring that to the fore, but then make it feel very universal as well. But I think that's this why is getting very Radio Four. It, it is. We are it getting is. really grown up. Uh, but that's why a lot of people I think thought that it was a documentary. Yeah. Because like you say, people hadn't heard the, the, that accent yeah. so much. They thought, well, this has got to be real. Yeah. You well, know. I think that's the other thing is that you, you know we are also very used to these crises documentaries about how where appalling... so much happens as well, oh, and the joy exactly. of the joy of this country is that absolutely fucking nothing <laughs> happens. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and exactly you're always waiting for something like the characters, you know, which like is the, a bit the like Gloucestershire. The steam <laughs> fair that they never got to, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I the, love the steam and the, fair. And you know, even the Scarecrow yeah. Festival. I mean, mm. for goodness' sake, you know, the, the idea that that becomes a big day in the calendar. Yeah. You know, the duck <sighs> race. The things. I fear the Scarecrow Festival. If of... I, I'd often asked to judge a Scarecrow Festival, and the minute it gets out, <laughs> everybody makes a Lawrence Owen baby. Because <laughs> you actually got to give prize to the one guy that doesn't do a Lawrence Owen and Bane scarecrow. Because I'm just so bored of it. So, oh, we've made you. Oh, really? How clever? How thoughtful of you? Imagine. Would you like to keep it? No. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, check it with the other 200 yeah, over there. This whole field. Yeah, you know, a thousand Lawrence Van and Bone scarecrows just like kind yeah. of gently rotting in the breeze. It's a quite scary place when there's a low mist. Yeah. You know, and they're just sort of waving in the breeze. This like is that. absolutely true. And we have actually had to judge a scarecrow oh, competition. Yeah. You know, and we have found many a many yeah. you scarecrow, haven't we? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Was there any point with those thousand scarecrows that look like you that you thought, if only they were real, I could take over the world? It's a bit like the what, mummy. He says I haven't taken over the world. What are you talking about, man? I I should know my place, so shouldn't I? I mean, we're here with Cyrus as a royalty, you know? This is. We should have got the red carpet out, shouldn't we? 
What well, colour is this? I, well, uh, let's indescribable. Is it a carpet? <laughs> it is yeah. a carpet. Sticky. Yeah. It used to be sticky. Yeah, you don't want to know about that, Lawrence. <laughs> we would never tell you the details <laughs> of that. I'm not doing a scratch and sniff on this carpet. But it has got sure. something to do with that stress boob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Um, I think that's it. Absolutely. I think that's it. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just such a joy. I'm just going to get that off my chest before we stop. (laughs) Please, next time you're on Radio 4, pretend that you're there. I'll see what I can do. That'd be so funny. Then you'll be on the front page of the paper. I know. (laughs) Yes, the Wilson Gloss Standard. (laughs) Boom. Exactly. Siren says to Man Swears on Radio 4. (laughs) That is the only paper now, isn't it? The Wilson Gloss Standard. There isn't any more papers. That's the only one left, now, is isn't it? it? Yeah. Well, there's that in the Mail Online. Oh, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Got a new theory with the Mail Online. The thing to do if you're ever interviewed by the Mail Online, tell a lie, and then it comes out as the truth. You know, whatever you do, don't tell them the truth because it will t- turn into a lie. That's my advice to <laughs> right. Daisy now. There you go. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have that on my gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much once again. It's been oh, very it's been nice. Absolutely absolutely lovely to talk to you. Pleasure. Thank you, Emerson. It's been so such a joy. Yes. Uh, I've just got a little bit of uh, housekeeping to do. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you could rate and review the podcast, that would be very, very helpful. It gets us back in the charts. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTAF This Country. Email WTAF This Country at hotmail.com. And also help us to support the podcast. Go to our Patreon page for some fast, fun, fun, fantastic This Country rewards, autographs from all the stars of the show, and other bits and pieces. Just go to uh, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. You could be sat where Lawrence and Jackie are sat now. You in my warm patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could. Uh, once again, thank you ever so much. Yeah, thank you very pleasure. much for giving thank us you. your time. No, that's thank a you. pleasure. Thank the you. judge was very specific about the terms of our parole. Yeah. And we I had think... to help. We had to go out into the community <laughs> and Indeed. help. So we, we, will that's take, what we're doing. we will take the shackles off as soon as we've stopped thank recording and we will let you go. Thank, thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Uh, and we'll see you all again. So go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.